everybody, and welcome to E91's very first podcast of all time. My name is Adam Muir, and uh, recently I've begun blogging for GoE91.com. That's our website, G-O-E-91.com. If you go there, you can check out the first six blogs I ever wrote about uh, engineers and recruiters coming together for contract work. So go check those out. Today, we are going to speak about the first six blogs. Um, I have with me Brian Mossman. He sits right next to me in the office, and we recruit engineers all day. Uh, basically, the, the premise here is uh, my blog is to create a resource um, for engineers so they can uh, educate themselves on contract work, maybe learn things that they didn't know about, or get a recruiter's perspective from things that they think they know about or that you know about. So while we're going to be doing this podcast, Brian, he's been recruiting for uh, nine plus years, and I've been only doing it for a year and a half. So we're going to go through each one of my first six blogs here and um, just kind of go over the things that I thought about and see if a veteran recruiter agrees with me and kind of what his perspective of it is. Um, so hi, Brian. Welcome. Thank hi, Adam. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I really do. So let's, let's hop right into the first one. First blog I titled was How to Find Work Fast and Make Good Money When You Are an Engineer. So... Engineers, just like everybody else, can uh, can lose their job. Uh, we talk to people all the time. You go, you go to school for a long time. You put in the hours. You get the skills. And all of a sudden, you don't have any work. Um, and there's, there's a really awesome thing that you can open yourself up to. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but it's called contract work. Um, and, and that's what we help people find work with uh, every day. Um, in it, if you have the skills and you're willing to maybe relocate, you definitely can start uh, finding a job and put money in your bank account. So some of the main points from my first uh, blog, the interview and onboarding process for contract positions typically move much quicker uh, than a direct position, than the, than the type of positions that we're all pretty much used to. Contracts are also good for uh, getting to work quickly, uh, and it shortens the gaps of employment in your resume. Uh, you're much more employable when you're working, uh, and contracts are something that helps you with that as well. So the first, the first blog was definitely just kind of there to make you aware of contracts and, and think about it. I guess, Moose, when you talk to people on the phone, are they normally aware of contract work? I think a lot of people are uh, very aware of contract work. Um, it, it really depends on their own personal comfort level. You know, some people have never done it, and to them there's this big wall of, wow, I'm not that, you know. And some people have done it their whole life, you know, so, well, you know, many people are aware, but they may not have personally done it. Yeah, so there's kind of um, just the knowledge gap kind of keeps them from ever 
kind of pursuing contracts, you think? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they equate contract work at times with uh, longevity, uh, or they equate, equate contract work with, well, I'm not a contractor. But really, it's really a sign of the times. There's a lot of uh, notable companies that have really moved more towards contracting, really testing people out in a contract environment. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, um, almost contracts seem to have a negative connotation in people's minds. But, um, you know, doing this and opening myself up and learning about this type of things, I think there's a lot more positive things to contract than negatives. What do you think? Well, I definitely agree. Um, one of the, you know, e immediate things is you don't have to be so reactionary to the local job market. I mean, if you're just, you know, I think of some people that I have helped out that are, you know, later in their career and they're just waiting for something to local up and nothing, uh, local to open up and nothing's opening up. That is the wrong time of their life to take their foot off their off the financial gas. You know, they want to keep the money flowing in and really if you start just opening yourself up, take a little adventure, what you will see is your skills transfer. And that is a lot of fun to watch your skills transfer. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Thank you. I guess, do you have anything else you would add to that first one? Do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? What, what, do you, what do you think? No, I would agree. Um, the hiring process is just significantly much faster because you're putting people to work through a staffing agency like E91 where we put hundreds of people to work you know, monthly, and we're just real good at putting people to work quick. So oftentimes human resources department, you know, there's only one thing slower and that's government. <laughs> They're just slow. And we're able to put them to work quickly because we, that's what we do. Yeah. And then it really, it opens up good things, so. Absolutely. I mean, nobody's safe from losing their job and, and we come across those people all the time and that's what we do, help them get back to work. It is absolutely true. You know, I mean, I was working a direct hire job. Uh, I was 45 years old when I lost my first job. And honestly, I'd never lost a job, but it was direct hire. And I packed my stuff up and went home. And it was like it had nothing to do with it. It was contract or direct. It had everything to do with the, the budget of the company at the time. So, um, yeah. hey, work is work. <laughs> when you need it, it's great to have options. Yeah. We deal, with, we deal with engineers, and this might be a little off the topic, but my dad was a used car salesman, and he worked there for 25 years, and then they just ended up and sold the dealership, and he's out of a job, right. you know? So exactly. you're, just, you're just not safe. And, and contract's a great way to get back on your feet and, uh, and get moving in the right direction again. It is. So my second blog of the month are you aware of the types of engineering employment available? So there's basically three different types of employment. There's pure contracts, there's temp to hire or contract to direct, and then there's direct. Uh, most people know of direct 
That's what most people work. Uh, and each type has their advantages. Depending on the situation, um, opening yourself up to contract and temp to hire is maybe your ticket, as we were just talking about. Uh, so just to educate you guys a little bit, contracts typically uh, are six to 12 months. Sometimes they're like three months. Uh, and most of the time they can get extended if, if there's enough work. On, when you work on contract, normally you make more money up front instead of getting the traditional benefits. Uh, working contracts is, is one of the best ways to build your engineering foundation, especially when you're a new grad. Uh, and it keeps your skills relevant and viable during the interview process. Um, and then we move into uh, the temp to hire positions. Uh, temp to hires are are very um, common nowadays just kind of due to the uh, just kind of the overall situation of the country right now people are looking to really hold on to people who do really good work so we see a lot of temp to hire positions and basically it's kind of like a, a try before you buy type thing you get in there uh, you get your hands dirty you, you get used to the culture you contribute, you, you network with managers, and, and if you do a really good job while you're on contract, they could offer you full-time employment. Uh, at that point, you get to negotiate your salary and your benefits and all that stuff, and, and if it doesn't quite work out to the direct side of things, you get to stay on contract. So if you come across something that's contract to direct, please don't be afraid of it. And then there's direct hire opportunities, and they're, they're the most well-known. Right off the bat, you get the benefits and the insurance. Uh, these types of jobs normally have the most competition and they take the longest for making a decision. And then when you're working direct, you need to remember that every job is at will employment. Basically every job in the world is at will. So uh, basically, you know, you can get, you can get fired for anything. Um, so nothing, you're not safe. From, even if you're in a direct hire position, you're not safe from, from uh, you know, them losing a project and, and you having to go find something else. So that's one of the main things I bring up when people are kind of tentative about working contract. I mean, the same thing can happen when you're on direct hire. So that's basically the gist of the, uh, of the, second, uh, of the second one. I guess Moose is there, or Brian, Moose, same thing, right? Call me. Call me both. <laughs> is there anything that you would that you would add on any of those? No, I think you're um, a, a, a excellent breakdown. Uh, the only thing I would, would add is there's some, I've had some people that I've really helped in contract to hire or attempt to hire situations. It's been amazing because an employer is going to think, well, I'm going to be able to try them out before I buy them, right? To try before they buy, right? Um, which is cool. It, 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 but from an employee standpoint, here's the good thing. You get in there, if it's a good fit and they like you, you know what? You're going to be able to negotiate top dollar. And I have helped our people negotiate top dollar from their, from their employers, and they were very, very thankful. And if you think about it, we're all temporary until we're proven, right? If we start started a new job, if it's a good fit, we're going to perform at it. 
if we perform at it, they're going to like us and we're going to like them. And at that point, since it is hard to get good help, we're going to get top dollar. And so that has been a very, very positive thing that I've seen. And then I'd also like to note that we do contract, contract to hire and direct hire. We have a tendency to do it a little bit more, uh, well, I'd say more contract and contract to hire, but uh, we certainly have placed many direct hire people. They're a little slower, but we're willing to work with people in any of those three categories. So that's a good breakdown, Adam. Cool, yeah, thanks. Um, and uh, something I just else like I'd, I'd like to mention here, um, as Brian was saying, we do help with all three, and uh, E91 recruiters are very easy to get a hold of. We we really like to make sure we we coach people through the process and mm-hmm. make we pride ourselves on how prepared you are. Um, so I just like to add that in there. I agree. Let's move on to my third blog of the month. So some things to watch out for during your engineering career. First, you're an entry-level engineer. Um, and your, your first priority while graduating your major is to get an internship. It's one of the main factors for landing work after school. I speak with a lot of engineer graduates who go, who go on after school working non-engineering jobs because they didn't have relevant internship experience. If you are struggling early, consider contracts for creating a foundation of engineering skills that will lead to fuller careers. Contracts are, are one of the only opportunities you're going to have to get your engineering foundation skills when you're an entry-level person if you don't have internships Uh, and before going into the rest of this I'm just going to get I'm just going to get your opinion on on what I said about entry-level engineers Brian yeah if um internships are huge okay um and I would say that if you did not get an internship at least get on your resume relevant school projects using as much technical information as you can have. Let's say in engineering, if you use a specific design software like Creo, or you did continuous improvement, maybe you did a Lean Six Six Sigma project for a local company where you went to school, get that information on. Um, I rewrite, help rewrite resumes. We don't fabricate resumes, we rewrite them, meaning we make them relevant and sound. And I've put a lot of people, I've got a lot of people interviews that never never would have gotten an interview as their resume stood. Um, but I agree fully. Internships are big. Maybe we caught you late. I think we can overcome it. We just got to do it smart. Yeah, definitely. If you're new, if somehow you're listening to this podcast and you're still in school, go find an internship. Yes. And uh, Brian is, is really right about those resumes. Um Employers don't want to see you flipping pizzas or flipping burgers and, and yeah. taking pizzas out of the oven yeah. or even, you know, managing a Lowe's or a Menards, for example, um, or a Home Depot or whatever's close to you. Uh, it's okay to put that stuff, but make it real small and put it at the bottom. <laughs> they want to see your engineering experience. So I, I'm just doubling down on, on what Brian said. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if, all your engineering experience comes from school, then 
then that's what you got to do. Fill up your resume with relevant engineering projects you did in school. Uh, and then we move into someone who's, um, you know, three to six years in the engineering field. Um, so when you work somewhere for three to six years, you start thinking about veering off into other things. Uh, and this is the time in your career when you're either going to double down and become great where you are and great with your skills, or you're going to start to become a jack of all trades. So to each their own, but you need to connect enough relevant experience in your resume over time to land the big lucrative positions. So maybe sometimes we just need to make a decision to give something three more years and see if we can make it work. Giving something three more years gets rid of you thinking, you know, what if I would have stuck that out? So I'm going to stop here, Moose, and get your thought on this. Uh, I think sometimes we're, we're really too quick to give up on things. And I think no. even it's, it's completely different if, if, if something run, if they run out of a project or they lose the work, you need to go find something else. But if there's plenty of work there for you, I, I, I just don't think 12 months is enough time for you to really dig in and, and see what you're capable of. I think you really need to devote at least three years to something to see if, uh, you know, to get the most out of it. What do you think? Um, really good thoughts. I have kind of some agreement and some disagreement on that, but you hear, hear me out here. Um, I, I agree. I use this term a lot when I talk to people. Um, Adam hears he he we right next to each other, and so yeah. he hears me all day. <laughs> I use this this term trajectory, and a lot of times I'm talking to a new grad. What do you want to do? You want to design, or do you want to man, you know you want to be more hands on? You know, do you want to get into testing? Uh, do, do you like technical writing? You know, and you find out a basic feel if somebody can see themselves behind a desk or need more of an interaction job. And one thing where I agree wholeheartedly uh, with Adam is whatever you invest in is what you are, obviously you're, you're investing in what is going to build your value as an engineer. So if you're investing in something that you're not truly, that isn't where you want to land, you could fall into trouble. Because three, four, five years down the line, if you're not valuable in that, uh, in where you want to be, you're not going to be able to move up the ladder financially. Now, I do have a little bit of a, a caveat I want to share that I think is really important. Um, you know, we see a lot of engineers that come out of school that maybe that, you know, their, their dad didn't teach them how to change the oil. You know, they're not really hands-on. Which really, every engineer should be somewhat hands-on, you know. And so I do think, and we've seen this, because we also work out of a design center where we have engineers that we're able to talk with regularly here, um, where some of these people came from a manufacturing environment, and what they have learned in a manufacturing environment has really helped them, you know to become a much better designer because they are designing things as they should be realistically designed in the real manufacturing world. 
So what I would say to that is, you know, if even to get out there, and I put some people to work at some major companies that have hired, say, manufacturing engineers, and that it has been invaluable experience, and they've gone in different directions. Um, where I would disagree, well, not that I would disagree, because I think this is some really good thought that you put into this, Adam. If you're really miserable at what you're doing, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, wow, this is not it. Hey, you you figured that out. I you think know that's I mean? fair. Yeah. You, you do the best you can, and you said, wow, I, I thought I wanted this. I talked to a young design engineer that absolutely thought he wanted to design, and he's actually really good at it. Now he's like, you know what, Brian? I got to move around more. So now we're looking to transition in. So good thoughts here, Adam. Yeah, so uh, just to kind of try to understand what you're saying, basically you're saying uh, don't be afraid to kind of take on some different roles early on in your career so you basically know, you kind of know some more things to get to get you where you want to be. Exactly. And then, and then yeah. maybe when you get to that spot, Make sure you give it enough time. What I agree. What, you you have to. You want to become a subject matter expert, it, it, and and we want to be sub, We want to be, just like Adam and I want to be subject matter experts in recruiting. We're in this for the long haul. We're not just looking for the quick buck. You know, we want to put people find, really good jobs for them. Put them to work. Things they're excited about. And I'll tell you what. Then you see dreams happen. And that is, I mean, how exciting is that, Adam? Yeah, when, absolutely. When we're really helping somebody, it is awesome. So when you really find out what you want, so maybe you transition from manufacturing to design. There's some design work in the manufacturing, but then you go more towards your design. You become excellent at what you're doing, you know, and you're going to build your value. And so, you know, find out what it is that you can really excel at it. If you can excel at something and you're having fun, you're going to be good at it. Wouldn't yeah. you agree, Adam? I would agree, absolutely. Okay. And then, yeah, the other point you made, if you can't get up in the morning because you hate your job so much, yeah, don't give it three years. Go go find something that you love or that you can put up with. You know, get, talk to any 91 recruiter and we'll try to help you find something. We spend more time with our coworkers oftentimes than our spouses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'm thankful and I love what I do. Yeah. Hey, That's every job has its frustration, yeah, it, it, no doubt. But enjoy what you do. Yeah. You know, and. The, the grass isn't greener on the other side. All it is time, not. So. It is not. And then um, just the last part of this article here. Uh, and it's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit, but over your career, the positions add up to define the work you will find. People who work uh, three to nine years at companies are usually employed wherever they want to be. If your resume reads that you spend one to two years at companies, you'll definitely be able to find work if you're open to relocating uh, and contract work. And then it gets really hard to find someone work who has three to nine month jobs over the past 15 years. Uh, though you just you just sometimes you got to do what you got to do to pay the bills but you have to be really cognizant of how your your resume reads uh, as as you're going through your career I, th I don't think a lot of people really think about how people are going to judge them by their resume sometimes mm -hmm. and and you 
we get to rewriting a resume or working on a resume and um, there's just so many jobs over a short period of time and, and it's really hard to get managers to look at those type of resumes seriously. So those are some things to, to watch out during your engineering career. Did you want to add anything on that last point? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, to have an explainable resume, you know, if you're in a contract assignment and it's a nine-month contract and you finish that co contract and you can explain with confidence and, you you know, your manager will say, you did a great job. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You did exactly what you were hired for, you know. But when you do start seeing three months, four months, three months, it, it really, it appears that you're not a performer. So, you know, no matter what you're doing, don't think it's just contract. Everything's a trial. You know, just be excellent. If it's direct hire, contract, contract hire, be the best version of you you can be, and you'll win in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And be sure to keep track of, of you know, how you finished up your job and, and why you finished it yeah. up. And don't necessarily put it in your resume, but... Definitely maybe have a document besides that or, or write it down in a notepad because when you talk to employers and you talk to recruiters, um, good ones are going to ask you what, why you finished up at this position. Um, it's, just, it's, just part of, it's just part of it. So let's move on here. So you're open to contract work. You're open to relocating. You need to get back to work and pay the bills. What do you do? So this, this article is all about the engineering job boards and, uh, and what to do, even if they don't work for you. So uh, I put a quick disclaimer at the top of this article. Um, when you put your resume out on the job boards, uh, you're going to get phone calls. <laughs> People are going to try to get a hold of you. They're going to text you. They're going to email you. They're going to call you on your, your whatever kind of numbers you provide. So don't be afraid of that. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to, to network. Uh, I try to use the word network a lot because uh, networking is one of the most powerful things we can do, especially if you're uh, an engineer. So get your resume cleaned up. If you need help cleaning up your resume, find a recruiter or get a hold of a CD91. Mm -hmm. uh, get your resume out on Monster, Career Builder, ZipRecruiter, Indeed. LinkedIn. If you have IT skills, get your resume out on Dice. If you have a clearance, get your resume out on clearance jobs. These are some of the most popular uh, engineering uh, job boards and, and resume boards out there. Um, and, and when you get it out there, if, if your skills are in demand, you're going to get start getting telephone calls. Uh, so do your best to communicate with everybody that calls you. If everybody doesn't have the job that you're looking for, then, then use it to, to network with people and practice talking about your, your skills and practice talking about your jobs and why you ended your jobs. Um, I guess, did you want to hop in on any of that? Um, no, I would just say that the job boards and their popularity do vary. Um, and I don't have ready statistics, but uh, Adam, you, maybe you could comment on this. I, I'm seeing Indeed as being very large right now. And I, I'm seeing, uh, 
you definitely want to, but get on all of them, you know, uh, have a good clean resume, get it right. Uh, yeah, get some help on that. If a, if a recruiter is any good, they're going to, they're going to want to help you with that. Uh, here at E91, we never fabricate resumes. We're not, we don't lie about it, but we want to put your best foot forward. And that's, um, that's some free opportunity for a lot of people to see your resume. So if you get your resume out to all these boards and, uh, and you aren't getting the calls that, that have the jobs that you need, um, then it's time to start applying for jobs. All those same sites, uh, Monster, CareerBuilder, ZipRecruiter, Indeed, LinkedIn, they all have tons of job postings. So uh, just start applying. Uh, different jobs require different skills, though, remember. So don't, do, don't be surprised if you need a couple different resumes. Uh, it's important, to, like Moose was saying, it's important to have, um, have resumes that highlight the skills that they're actually looking for or else they're not going to want to talk with you. So uh, make sure you're checking them regularly for new jobs. Jobs come out every day. Google the position you're looking for, see what turns up on Google, and uh, even check out like Craigslist if you need to. You have to get creative. Um, I also wanted to go back and touch on, uh, um, I mentioned that getting your, your resume on these sites is a good way to practice networking. Um, uh, I know that if you put your resume on these sites that uh, you can kind of get overwhelmed with telephone calls sometimes uh, because you know engineering candidates tell me they get a lot of phone calls so um, one of the bet one of the most powerful things we can do is as a human being is network with people and uh, you know if you start building relationships with recruiters and share information with them and let them know what you're looking for uh, it's going to be really beneficial for you long term because if you have a relationship with you know three or four recruiters and down the road three or four years when you're looking for a job you can reach out to them you might not have to do anything other than reach out to these recruiters and uh, they might be able to get you exactly what you want and this it's all free service it's not like it's costing you anything um, you know, just, just the time of talking to them. So, anything you would like to add before we move on to the next blog? Um, I would, one thing that I do as a recruiter, I'm just looking for good candidates that want to show up and, and do a good job every day, you know. And, uh, they're, and when they're looking for a job, that they're not going to be passive and they're going to be aggressive. Conversely, um, there, there's recruiters that will serve you very well. I do. They seem to be rare, so I would find somebody that you connect with, that you believe in, that you can understand what they're <laughs> saying. You can understand their communication. I think we know what that means. Um, and that you know that you, you know, I, I don't know. It's a little bit more difficult over the phone to do this, but I, I think when I'm talking to a good candidate, I think I can 
pretty much believe, yeah, this guy's legit. I think he wants to get something done here. Expect that out of a recruiter. If you find a good recruiter, I, I know a, a good friend of mine is an operations manager, very high-level guy. He's the type of guy that we talk to and we you know, put people to work for. He's always in contact with just a few solid good recruiters because they're the ones that have the contacts to hundreds of jobs throughout the U.S., and that information is invaluable. Yeah. So if you think like, hey, maybe this recruiter can help me out throughout my whole career. Maybe I should build a relationship with them. That might serve you a little better than being, it, oh, man, here's another recruiter. It, I, exactly. My, my perspective on this, not that I would never work with a, you know, a candidate that maybe I kind of have a hard time working with, but I do find good, solid people to work with. And conversely, find a recruiter that's going to work for you, you know, that's going to help you, and a good, good, uh, a, a good indication of it is what what would they what would they do with your resume, um, and and how would they help present you? Do you like them? <laughs> do you just enjoy talking to them? Are they? Yeah, that's big. Are they? Are they? Are they just robots? You know, or do, do they have a personality? I mean, hey, we only got so many hours in a day. I like to talk with interesting people <laughs> yeah. that care and have some compassion too. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it's a good place to be. It, it makes the days go a lot better when you're working with people you can learn to trust. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, putting yourself in the candidate's position. I mean, when you're talking to a recruiter, I think. You should be able to. You should be able to tell if this person uh, really cares about what happens to you. Exactly. Or are they just? Do they just want to get paid? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really, really well put. And I've I've talked to you know people that have done more contracting work. You know, regular contractors. That I, I recently had a. A gentleman give me a call, say, "Hey, I want to work with you again." <laughs> he wasn't even talking about the job. I thought, "Well, well why is that? Yeah, I don't, you're just easy to work with. My my timesheet's messed up. You'll help me, and you always seem to try to that, get me a good rate." You know, that it, probably almost feels better than getting somebody a job. Oh, I love it. I, I love it because it's like, wow, I got a relationship with this guy. I ask him, "Hey, how you doing? How was your weekend?" You know, we talk about things like that. You know, and I care. You know, and uh, I think he. he, he they care for me too, you know, over time, you know, so it, 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 it's a lot, you know, we, it's a people business we're in and we, we treat people like people, the golden rule type of thing. Hey, Adam, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a good place to be. I think we can all win by doing that. Absolutely. So number five, some tips for presenting yourself when looking for engineering work. We kind of touched on some of this stuff a little bit, but uh, you just need to be aware that your online profile is making a first impression for you on the internet at all times. Um, things that people see on the internet give them a first impression of you, just like as if you would meet them in real life. So um, the same can be said about uh, your resume and the information that you share. Um, as far as resume, you know, your formatting, your spelling, your grammar. Uh, so all of this stuff can be the difference of why you're working or why you're not working. Uh, it's imperative to spend the necessary time to clean up your resume, even if it takes hours, even if it takes a couple days. 
It's really important to have a super clean resume, maybe a couple different versions of your resume. Um, when writing a, a resume, you need to remember that less is more. Only include information that is relevant to the position that you're applying for. Um, and then uh, also uh, speaking in the third person in your resume is uh, very out of date. <laughs> we don't like to see that. Very Please much. don't ever do that. And if you did, don't admit it. <laughs> and don't ever do it again because it sounds very arrogant when you speak in the third person. And it's like I know what's on the top five lists of things never to do, but yeah. just stay away from that. The goal of your resume is to be uh, one or two pages. Uh, ideally, you'd have a skill bank at the top, and then you'd have each job uh, with the dates that you worked there and a list of your experiences um, for each job. Uh, and each of those jobs should have the skills in your skill bank. Um, you're trying to sell yourself. I mean, your resume is what sells you. So you might not be the best sales person in the world, so make sure your resume does it for you. Um, you don't want to have your resume overlooked by recruiters or uh, HR because they can't decipher your resume or easily locate your skills or job experiences. I mean, it's really simple. It's one of the easiest things you can do to really help you on your way to getting an engineering job. Um, I'll go over this last point. Do you want to touch on anything about the resumes? Um, no, I, everything you said, I fully agree with Adam. Uh, just in content, you know, you want to get everything technical on there. If you're a design engineer and you're using Creo SolidWorks, make sure you get those buzzwords on there because if a company's looking for that, they're, they're, they're going to be typing in those, those keywords to find you. Um, so sometimes some people, I think really good people aren't found <laughs> because they don't have the right words on their resume. Uh, certainly if you're, let's say you're a manufacturing engineer and you use, uh, you know, certain methodologies like Lean or Six Sigma, certainly get that on there. And you just made me think of something yep. quick. I'm going to yep. interrupt you, but yep. there's what? even, there's systems. I'm sure most people are aware of this now, but there's systems. You're talking about keywords. If you don't have a specific keyword, a human being might not even look at your resume because a computer algorithm spits it out. Exactly. And it says it doesn't have right. this word in it. Right, right, right. Exactly. So it's super important now more than ever because you don't necessarily have you know someone with human logic who reads your resume and goes, well, since this person does this, obviously they can do this. That right. doesn't happen with these computer algorithms. Right. They're specifically looking for the keywords that the person put in. Exactly. Exactly, Adam. So. There's a lot that can be said about this particular topic. So it, this is a really good one. Do your best on it. And if you can find a good partner, you know, a, a solid recruiter, like, you know, some of the work we do at E91, get it to them. Test whoever you talk to. Hey, is, can you help me with my resume? They say no, run. Yeah, no <laughs> you know, if they say no, they're too lazy. You got to find somebody that's got a better work ethic. Yeah, no and um, we write every single resume. Right. Um, and then my last point in this blog was uh, try not to be upset if a recruiter doesn't have 
all the necessary information about the skills that are required for a specific job. Um, I know me, for example, I work on every type of engineering job there is out there from software, mechanical, industrial, uh, and I'm not an engineer, so if I come across some skill sets uh, that I don't necessarily know a ton about, I might ask for you to educate me. So it's imp information is a two-way street. I may have what you want, so just don't feel so bad about having to explain something to a recruiter or an HR person who, uh, who isn't an engineer and might not know about the skills that are needed for the position. That's a great point, and I'll kind of put that the other way. Just like I would, as a recruiter, want to find a candidate that has a good attitude, a good work ethic, and wants to roll his sleeve up and learn something, but doesn't know everything. I'd rather work with that guy than somebody that is incredibly technically smart in a lot of areas, can't communicate well, you know, and doesn't... Um, That's a good point. You know, and so that's because we work with people, right? So you want to uh, you want to find some people you can work with and you'll get some good help there. So just to break this in half, this is the sixth blog of the month, the last one of this podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying it so far. Stop back at the end of the month to see the next six blogs. But the, the sixth blog, how indeed is different from other job boards. So uh, we mentioned the other job boards like Monster, Career Builder, Zip Recruiter. Uh, when you put your information on those job boards, uh, all your contact information is out there for uh, recruiters and HR managers to call you with or email you with. Uh, when you're on Indeed, they need to send you a message requesting that information. So it's up to you to either accept or decline the opportunity. Uh, Indeed does have its advantages. It's, it's a really great resource if you are able to immediately respond to people and if you're good at communicating quickly. Uh, you can really miss out on opportunities on Indeed if you aren't regularly checking your messages because Things move really quick in this business. Um, uh, before I go on to the next point, I guess, is there anything you want to add about Indeed? No, uh, it's, it seems to be pretty, uh, uh, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's, it, as far as what is the best board, but it seems to be probably the go-to board right now, so... And it's got some drawbacks. Everyone has their strengths and drawbacks. I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd cast a wide net. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd post your resume to everything. But I prob I probably spend more time with Indeed on this side of things than any of the other boards. Uh, just seems to be a lot of good things out there from job postings to candidates to, you know, you know, I definitely have the most luck with Indeed yeah. with my job postings. Yeah. People are all over Indeed applying for jobs. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, Indeed is also, if I, if I were an engineer looking for a position and I didn't necessarily want a ton of people to blow me up and, uh, and I had some time, I would probably start with Indeed. I'd probably start with Indeed and before I threw everything else out there, 
on like Monster and Career Builder just to try to get something before I had to put my phone number out there. What do you do? You agree? Yeah, I uh, it, I agree, but I will say this: uh, if you're working, right, you're going to be maybe a little bit more cautious. If you're not working, that's why I'm saying you want to start in D before. Yeah, it. right, right. But but it's one of these things that the. Indeed is less intrusive from the standpoint it doesn't put your name and number out there. But on the other hand, if you're unemployed, throw it oh, everywhere. Absolutely. You should you got all day, right, to, to retrieve those calls. But there I'm are some maybe yeah, three months out, you know your yeah. contract coming to an end. Ex- yes. Maybe you start on indeed. Toe on the water, or fully maybe agree. Maybe you want to yeah. relocate yeah. across the country, and you're yeah, you're putting your toe in the water. Exactly. Start That's where the, I would start too, Adam. So start I, with I agree the, fully. And then the water starts getting hot, and you yeah. feel the pressure. Right, let's go. Make sure you get your resume yeah. on all those other exactly. job boards. Uh, another thing important to consider with Indeed, uh, it reformats your resume to match all the other resumes on the website, and it just totally messes everything up. Usually, yes. Uh, I constantly talk to people where they, they're like, it says what on my resume? Or I don't have that on my resume? I swear I have that on my resume. Uh, I don't know what Indeed does, but stuff gets lost. The stuff is not where you think it is. So when you're talking to someone, make sure you get them a copy of your original Word resume. Uh, so you can be certain they're looking at what you want them to be looking at. Okay. Also, it can be a good way to test the recruiter. Hey, what are you going to send over? Oh, you got this off Indeed? You can send it over just as it is? Ask them that. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> thought about that. Because that, that, that's something we never do here uh, because... If they, you would take your resume off Indeed and yep. send it to an employer and a face-to-face interview, they... They would probably laugh at they're, they're, It's a solid tool for finding jobs, but it it's just a weakness. It, 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 the, the, the resumes uh, do not look good off of them <laughs> as they are. So. We love, it's in, we love Indeed, but it's we just do. A kind of a running joke. We do. Cool. Well, awesome. I really appreciate you joining us for our first podcast. Yes. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this, Big Moose. You too, Adam. We're excited. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you visit goe91.com and you check out any of the blogs, there's links to submit your resume in all the blogs. If you go to the top of the website, you can click Submit Resume, uh, and we'll give you a call. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Twitter. Any of those ways, you reach out to us, and we'll get back to you. Uh, and try to help you out with your engineering career. So uh, this will um, be the first six blogs, and then the next six blogs we'll talk about at the end of the month. So I really appreciate you joining us once again, and until next time.